You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. since reading if the answer is no spank yourself or or self-flagellate or something I don't know uh, punish yourself because uh, it's already been five days I think uh, you know now's a better time than any to be practicing uh, did you guys meet your goals? Did, did anyone meet your reading goals? Uh, you know, my hope, well, my hope is that a lot of you did. Uh, it, I got to really join in the happiness of a lot of people I saw shooting better than they've shot before. A lot of people reached goals. Uh, a lot of people shot really good. Um, you know, really close friend of mine, Austin Watts, uh, just shot a stellar, stellar score. I think he shot a 1532, which was just fantastic. It was fantastic shooting with him all weekend. And I just got to, I got to learn so much just by shooting with a guy who, um, has a really strong mental game and is really unfazed by like dumb shit, you know? Um, so that was cool. Um, yeah, I got to see my friend Rudy shoot a 15-20, which, you know, the last couple years he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been shooting that low scores, but Rudy threw down 15-20 in uh, grand fashion. Uh, my buddy Allen shot 15-20 plus. Um, Mark Rubio, I think, shot a 15-25. Again, if, you know, for you guys not in California, these names probably don't mean much to you. But, you know, in, in, insert your own people uh, there. Uh I'm sure you guys know someone that went to Reading that that kicked some ass, that did some good shooting, and uh, you know we should we should all join in in the uh, the happiness for those people. Uh, Gaius Carter, I know I mentioned it on the last episode, shot his ass off. Um, really kicked some ass. Oh, you know I was trying to tell my wife about it. She doesn't care much about archery, but she asked me. And you know, in, in typical uh, uh, third grader fashion, she just could not get over. it. Uh, Gaius's name and just kept making fun of it and as a guy with a, a fucked up first name myself <laughs> I was like hey come on let's, let's, let's be above it and then I, I started thinking like, where have I heard that name uh, Gaius Gaius or Gaius 
Is that biblical or something? I think it is biblical, but, um, you know, as a, as a history fan, I'm like a big fan of history. I always say if I, if I didn't do what I did now for a living and I didn't care about money, I would be a history teacher. Um, cause I have a crazy passion for history. Uh, but Gaius, I think pronounced Gaius at the time is, I think Julius Caesar's first name. I, someone's gonna be like, oh, his first name was Julius, dumbass. Uh, no, no, it was actually Gaius Julius Caesar. So, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, Gaius Carter's parents must be cool as fuck to be throwing down a name like that. Uh, you know, my parents named me Wendell. <laughs> and, you know, there's some cool Wendells throughout history also. You know, Oliver Wendell Holmes. And uh, I think that's about it. <laughs> But, you know, people who have unique first names, uh, they either got a lot to live, live up to or, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of a boy named Sue, just not as cool because you don't get to beat anybody up. So, I've been getting bombarded and I, you know, don't exaggerate that term, uh, over my last podcast episode and... Or I've been getting bombarded with messages. Sorry, guys. It's like the end of my day right now. Uh, just finished up a, a strong, strong Friday of working my ass off. So my my thoughts are all over the place. And I want to I want to bring you guys a, a somewhat decent episode. You know, word on the street is uh, people are thinking Archery Unfiltered is subpar, um, which I understand. <laughs> you know, I literally have episodes called filler episodes. You know. I'll, I get high on a lot of these episodes, so it's, you know, subpar, yeah, I get it. Uh, I, you know, do I apologize? No, not, not really. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I've been getting bombarded with messages from you guys, uh, on, you know, telling me, uh, Wendell, you're too soft on... The sky draw uh, rule, you know, because I said something like, eh, big fucking deal, whatever, you know. Um, but, you know, after talking to a couple people, I, I think I have, like, an official stance on this. Not that anyone gives a shit what my opinion is, but apparently someone does, because I've been getting messaged like crazy telling, telling me I'm wrong, or some people message me on the other side saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, the sky draw thing's fucking dumb. Uh, so check this out. Um, uh, let me frame like let me frame this for you guys. I know one of the people who uh, like on was it Friday or Saturday, uh, a cool cat shot a tire on accident, and I think it was from a sky draw. Uh, his release was too hot one way or another, and um, he was nervous, and he let an arrow fly, went over a backstopper. I don't know the exact story because, you know, these stories are so, you know, kind of secondhand or thirdhand. But anyway, this guy's arrow went into someone's truck tire, right? He, he paid for the truck tire out of pocket and then continued to shoot. I think that happened on Friday. And then Sunday, you know, when that rule came down, he got DQ'd. And uh, this dude is a cool cat. Like, I legitimately nice guy, good shooter, good guy, like, he'll give you the shirt off his damn back, um, and had a moment of, uh, 
momentary lapse in judgment. And I know some people know what I'm talking about, will argue both sides of that. They'll be like, no, he knew what he was doing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I like this guy. I did not want to see him get disqualified, okay? And that's why on my drive home, I had that that stance of like, mm, well, you know, these are people getting all ruffled for no good reason, all right? Uh, I've had a couple days to think about it and like a million goddamn messages <laughs> to, to argue this point back and forth. Um, and this is what it, what it ultimately comes down to is uh, I think anytime, you know, at the end of the day, if an arrow goes flying wild, you know, if someone lets an arrow go and it flies wild and it hits, you know, anywhere that's not supposed to be, uh, or it's, it's sent off in an unsafe manner, I, I hate to say it, but it's a disqualifiable uh, thing, right? I think that, you know, it's, it's safe to say that that should be a, a disqualifiable offense. And so, you know, as much as I hate to say it because I like this dude so much, you know, I think him getting disqualified was the right move. Do I think they should have waited till fucking Sunday to do it? No, because then he's going to, he busted his ass Saturday, you know, shooting. He paid all that money, you know, which, you know, I, I don't know the specifics behind it, but, you know, that, I guess that should be, you know, if you, you hurt someone's property, you should write it somehow. Um, but, you know, maybe a DQ on the spot would have been better versus having the guy grind out a Saturday and then grind out part of a Sunday. Or maybe they DQ'd him early on Sunday. I, I quite frankly, don't know. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you if you draw the bow back and, the, and your arrow's not pointed at the target or it's pointed out into space... Uh, yeah, that's, that should be considered a sky draw. It should be disqualifiable, right? I think we can all agree there. Now, here's where things get a little murky, all right? Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, oh, I won't say his name, but he, he's a gentleman who called the NFAA to complain about all this when uh, the dude got shot in the water bottle, right? So there's two events, right? Two, two things happened in Reading. It was like someone got shot in a water bottle, and then, you know, someone's car, uh, truck tire got shot, all right? Both events, scary, shitty, you know? Uh, dude that got shot in the water bottle, extremely scary. Um, and, you know, in the past, you know, someone got shot in the cell phone. I think uh, Tommy Daly Sr. said this over the, the microphone. And then also uh, uh, someone got shot in the leg. Like, I, I think that was like a long time ago in the past someone got shot in the leg. So, I mean, if you guys think about it, at, at these Reading events, there's arrows flying where arrows shouldn't be flying. Um, it's a rare occasion, you know, it's a rare thing. It's not like, you know, everyone's fucking letting arrows go off willy-nilly. But the shit does happen. And I think, you know, it's fucking dangerous. If someone gets hit, uh... If someone gets hit by uh, an arrow in their body, they're fucked. Like, I don't... <laughs> I mean, it's, not, it's not a broadhead. It's not going to kill you. But, I mean, if it hits you in the head, you know, all kinds of bad shit can happen. Uh, you know? Uh, 
you're definitely going to be shooting your boat differently after that arrow hits you, I promise you. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, I get it. I, I get everyone telling me, like, no, sky draws a bad fucking thing. I, I agree, okay? And I'm sorry I didn't... I, man, why am I apologizing to you, dum-dums? But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry I, I went soft on the sky draw rule, all right? I probably shouldn't have. Sometimes I take a cavalier approach to things. Sometimes I'm stoned, you know. Uh, but I think in something like this that has to do with our sport and, like, preserving our sport, I should probably be a little more responsible about it because... The second someone does get hit by an arrow in, at Reading, uh, that event's getting pulled. And there might be a trickle-down effect that pulls, you know, other events. and then, Or, you know, God forbid, events get capped at, like, an extremely small number. Who knows? Um, but someone was saying, you know, someone gets hurt, insurance for these events gets pulled, and guess what? These events go away. And, you know, as a guy who's been shooting this sport... And, I hit Reading every chance I get. I think consistently now for the past five years, six years. Um, I mean, minus COVID, but I want to see this event stay. I don't want to see it go away. And so if it just means everyone, you know, abides by this rule, I think that's that's safe to say. Uh, I think it was received poorly by a lot of people because certain people say it as like even Tommy Daly Sr. said oh people do this because you know they see pros do it eh that's not true that's not true okay maybe in some cases but not across the board some people do it because their bow is they're over bowed they have they're pulling too much draw weight than they should be right I think that's a I think that's a legitimate thing to say um I think some people do it because they set their shoulder you know is what I heard as a reason. I think was it Chance Bobef said that he draws his bow the way he does to set his shoulder. Now, if you look at the way Chance Bobef does it, he draws his bow like a Japanese archer. You know what I mean? Like that bow's way up in the air. Um, but anyway, this guy that you know, a good friend of mine that that called the NFA to talk about this. He he said what he said was the rule states that if your arrow is pointed up, uh, that that is a sky draw, right? It's pointed anywhere, like, towards, like, beyond the horizon or whatever. And that is not the rule. He was 100% wrong in saying that, right? Uh, another good friend of mine, uh, Alex, told me that it was any time your bow hand goes beyond the brim of your hat, which is also not the rule. Um, and also good shooting, Alex. Uh, I think Alex shot a 15, 20 plus. I think it was 21 or 24. Alex was up there this, this last uh, weekend. Definitely good shooting on his behalf. Um, but the rule states, and I will quote it. Are y'all ready for this? <clears throat> no archer shall draw a bow with the bow hand above the top of the head when drawing on a horizontal plane. Okay, so I guess Alex was right. <laughs> Alex confirmed that. Sorry, Alex. Um, parallel to the ground, a warning will be given on the first instance. Second instance will be require the removal of the archer from the event. Okay, so if that's in the bylaws, you know, if that's in the rules, well, these guys that got DQ'd, um, 
did they get a first warning? Like, I, I don't know. That's weird. The other thing is, all these different rules about, or these different people define, or the way people are defining sky drawing is different. All right? Because some people that are setting their shoulder physically aren't drawing their arrow back. And, you know, Alex made a good point when he brought this up. You know, some people kick their bow up and literally aren't drawing the bow back until it, that arrow is level. All right, now what, what, what does that fall under? Because according to the, the first guy, the NFAA uh, phone call bylaw dude, uh, he would call that sky draw, you know? And so can we get a better definition? Can we get one that, that isn't gonna be interpreted differently? Because apparently he thinks differently than what, you know, what I'm viewing on this rule book because according to the rules it looks like to me you can kick that bow up in the air as long as you draw it back level and I know a lot of people do that and that shit you know technically is okay um and you know I, I had also heard I didn't see it physically because like um <laughs> like someone <laughs> who uh who loses with class, I ended up leaving early, but someone told me that even during the shoot-offs, you know, Dan McCarthy had a pretty stellar high draw, or sky draw, that got some moans, or, you know, some people pissing and moaning, but no one said shit. Now, if that's true, you know, what's going on with these rules, hmm? Are we gonna enforce them sometime? Are we gonna enforce them by the book? Are we gonna do half and half? You know, are we gonna just DQ people on the spot? We're we gonna give them a first warning, like the you know the rule book says. I you know, I don't know. Uh, again, I'm just a participant. I I'm just throwing these out there. Uh, you know, I think I basically just wanted to get out in front of this, so you guys stop messaging me and just say, look, it. I agree with the DQs. Okay, I, I agree with disqualifying people in the end, but I think it should be very clear what sky drawing is defined as, for one, and then the, the punishment should also be, uh, you know, clear. Is it, you know, is it no warning? Is it, you don't get a warning on your first defense? Is it automatic DQ? And if it is an automatic DQ, <clears throat> is it that day or is it on two days from then? Okay? I think the NFAA or anybody should get out ahead of that and and iron that out, make it clear, you know? Um, you know, Alex also brought up a good point when I was talking to him. He said, hey, what about pass-throughs? He's like, I got so many pass-throughs that weekend where my arrow's slipping through, you know, cracks in the targets, and he's like, that's pretty goddamn dangerous too. And, you know, I think Alex is going to go on his own crusade there to, to fix that. But, yeah, what about pass-throughs? You know, what if you pass through and then you puncture someone's truck tire? Are you supposed to pay for that or what? <laughs> you know? Um, man, it, it's just freaky when you really think about it and how some people can get, you know, dude that got shot in the water bottle, scary. I wonder if he's got any form of PTSD, you know? I always wonder about that down here in, you know, in not Northern California, but in kind of like the San Francisco Bay Area, we have a big shoot called the BC shoot that draws like, I think 300 some odd people, maybe more. Um, and I don't know about you guys, I just feel way less safe when 
people in the San Francisco area are flinging arrows around. I feel like there's more... I feel like there's less focus and there's more, like, dipshittery, I guess we could call it. I mean, that's just me being biased, but I live here, you know what I mean? So, I can you know, call it like I see it. Um, but, yeah, every time I go to the event here, our 1 million BC shoot, I'm always wondering, like, you know, is this dangerous? Should be wearing a helmet? I mean, I probably should be wearing a helmet, but not for that reason. But I think the 1 million BC shoot has never had that issue, though. So, you know... I know the at the 1 million BC shoot, behind targets are like natural barriers, you know? You like the side of a mountain, big tree, whatever. So you generally don't get arrows skipping over or people high drawing into someone else, generally. Um, you know, knock on wood if you're uh, superstitious or, you know, what have you. So, anyway, I, I hope this clears things up for you guys. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I realized I was flipping about it on the drive home with my buddy Jim, but I, you know, I don't want to see our sport get, get taken away, at least safari, because let's be real, safari archery, I mean, you guys know me, I'm a huge indoor archery enthusiast, right? But safari archery is truly the test of who is the best archer, I think. I mean, field archery is as well, but, um, I think truly safari archery is who is the best archer, period. Because it's every distance, right? It's two yards to 100, 101. Um, there's so much technical stuff. I even, okay, so one, one thing that, I, that tripped me up, right? Or not even tripped me up. One thing I did really well in writing was read targets, right? When you get up to a target, like the canyon bears, right? We saw arrows drifting out to the left on, on the group before us at the Canyon Bears. Um, so what did your boy Wendell do? He knows, you know, uh, four clicks, no, was it eight clicks is about the length of an iPhone. Because uh, I did my homework. With no wind, four clicks equals about the length of an iPhone. So I saw, you know, guys shooting decent. Uh, you know, I, I just watched the best shooter in the group in front of us. Where did he land? Well, he landed about six inches out of the, you know, six inches out of the spot. So I gave it clicks accordingly when it was my turn. I think I just hung the edge of the dot and then my uh, second shot followed up right in the middle. That was some, some, you know, reading the target properly. Jesse Broadwater did a post on Instagram. I urge you guys to go check it out where he said like, you know, he loved, you know, how he shot everything. All his gear worked good. The only arrows he, he missed, the shots he missed, were ones that he didn't read the target. So this is a whole nother avenue. It's kind of like golf, where, you know, if you want to shoot safari events good, is that right? Yeah. If you want to shoot a, a decent score, uh, you got to be able to read the target. If there's wind, if it's a wide open canyon shot, if you're going over a little valley, uh, steep angle, what have you, right? look at what the people are doing uh, in the group in front of you. And if you don't have that, you know, you got to make an educated guess based on the wind and the lighting and just experience, you know? Um, I think my buddy Austin shot most shit just straight up because he's a beast. <laughs> and I think, you know, some people can do that. But for me, I was reading targets like, like a madman. I got baby arms so my arrows go slow. So I got I to gotta be up on reading this shit. 
Um, man, according to Broadwater, you know, he got to be reading them too. So, what you think about that? So, yeah, that's one thing for everyone. How do you work on it? Well, honestly, you just got to shoot. And, uh, you know, I kind of poo-pooed recently on shooting half field rounds. I thought I thought when people shoot a half a field round, you know, they're kind of shortchanging themselves. But, you know, now I get it. If you're strapped for time, it's better than nothing. And shooting for score, i.e. a field round, is one of the best ways to measure your progress. Put a little bit of pressure on yourself. Um, but, yeah, like I was getting back to, uh, man, I have this profound respect for safari archery and field archery. Uh, it's one thing to be good at indoors and just or learn to get good at indoors and just pound a shot out over and over and over again. But uh, to do it with, you know, a side hill or at, you know, steep elevation or at 100 yards even, that's a whole different ballgame when it comes to talent. So, you know, I was a little... Uh, I was a little sour with how I shot in Reading, but it only took like a day for me to snap out of it. And now I'm like, okay, what's the game plan? Well, you know, what's coming up next? For me, the next event, for me, the next event is going to be the June shoot um, in Nevada City. And that's going to be a safari event. It's going to be the final outlaw event. Uh, yeah. So, what does that mean? Well, it means I better figure out all the mistakes I made in Reading and fix them, right? There's a couple events coming up that I thought I would, uh, you know, I would promote here. Not shamelessly, but just to help you guys out. Um, this month, May 22nd, Ishi Archery Range has the... Uh, called 3D Rock Festival. I don't think it's like a music event, but it, it's 42 targets, 2 arrows, 11, 10, 8 scoring. It's, it's a safari, right? 924 max score. Uh, the Ishi range is freaking cool. I like that range. This is the second year now that I've stopped prior to Reading to practice there, and it's just a, it's a cool range. The people there are cool as hell. <laughs> Last year I was there, I pulled up, I was waiting for my buddy Austin to show up last year, right? I pulled up, and I, I walk up to the practice range, and they got a really cool practice range. It goes all the, you know, most ranges, practice ranges are like two yards to 60 on average. Well, the issue ranges, I'm sorry, I said two, 20 yards to 60 on average. Some of them are 15 to 60. The issue range is like... 10 to 100. So you can practice all your distances in their practice range. Um, I show up and there is like five old black guys shooting. And it's like, I was like, oh, cool, man. And like, you got some, get some old timers here. And these old dudes were like, man, he's like, you know who that guy is over there? This is, you know. Billy Johnson, he fucking won the blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, no shit. <laughs> I thought it was cool as fuck to be standing around a bunch of OG champions 
they are all they are it almost looks like these guys like when they won their events was like back in the late 80s because all their bows were like old old conquests like conquest ones you know which i think was like a 90s bow but <laughs> these guys are all shooting solo cam you know old conquests they were all cool as hell uh and they were all just telling me their war stories about you know i won this event when fucking Bud Light sponsored it or some shit. I don't know, you know? And, uh, yeah, they were just, they were hella cool to me. I had the new Matthews bow. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was my, my fond experience uh, story from the, the Ishii uh, archery range. Uh, the practice range is dope. Um, there are mosquitoes, so you will get tagged up. If you're delicious, you will get tagged up. But yeah, they got a shoot coming up, May 22nd. So if you guys live in the Northern California area or you live in some other part of the country and you're passing through for whatever reason, bam, hit that shoot. Uh, I mean, I, I would, but you know, we still have an outlaw event here. I don't know what most people are practicing for now. Maybe field archery? Are you guys all doing field archery? Some, I'd imagine some people are getting ready for indoor now. But, you know, there's still, there's still a handful of events down the pipeline. You know, some people are going to fire up for a couple feet of events. I think there's still feet events. I'm not. One day, this podcast will cover FIDA, okay? Until then, it's going to be the nitty-gritty. And, and right now, it's safari. Okay, so, I gave you guys that, that tidbit. The Diablo Bowman, all right, over in... I say it's Concord. It's a, uh, you know, it's a California place, not too far from where I live in the, the Bay Area. Diablo Bowman is holding an event on the same day. 522-22-42 target, two arrow. So everyone that lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, get your shit together. If you're, you know, if you're shooting that last outlaw, this is a perfect one to practice. Within reason. Okay, Diablo Bowman is on the side of a mountain that gets windy. When it gets real windy up there, your chances of hitting shit are slim and none. In the past, it's been 50-50 every time I've done that event. I think I've done it three times, four times, and it's been 50-50. Sometimes there's wind, sometimes there's no wind at all. Um, but again, I mean, if, if you're still feeling that safari bug, why not do it? I mean, Nevada City's still coming. Uh, now, if you're done with safari, which I understand, some people wrap up breading and they're like, I'm all done. Now what? Okay, well, I don't know about the rest of you states, but if you live in California, state field championship is coming right, I think, the week after the, the June shoot. So, uh, the Nevada City June shoot is the 4th and the 5th, and I believe the state field is like the 11th or 16th or something, whatever the week after, no wait, maybe two weeks, I think the week after might be the 11th, I, I can't do math right now because I'm driving, and I know that's a stupid reason, but you know, just trust me, oh shit, okay, so sorry about that, my phone just rang, uh, hands free, uh, you know, unless you're in shitty traffic. Um, so, 
yeah, the Statefield CBH Statefield Championship is coming up the week after that. I urge you guys all to check it out if you're a California target shooter. Um, it's on the CBH website. I think you got to pay for it like ASAP if you're going to do it. Um, and it's going to be at YOLO, right? In Davis. The YOLO Archery Range in Davis. YOLO! You know, they say <laughs> you only YOLO once. So, the YOLO range in Davis, extremely flat, okay? Um, it makes it makes for really good, like, you have to have good fundamentals to shoot that, that event. Extremely flat, um, so nothing is overly technical. There is a troll that lives there that owns that range. So, expect the troll who you will have to shoot against if you're in the men's freestyle pro class. Um, he's going to have the advantage. That's his home. That's his. That's the bridge he lives under. So, you know, expect him to shoot three points higher than his average, whatever that is. Uh, so, for the rest of us, I'm going to try it. I, I hear that the men's pro freestyle field record in California is, is like a gaping hole that's just waiting to be have, you know, have a fist pushed into it, so I would like to be the one that pushes a fist into it, but, you know, I know, you know, I know who I'm shooting right now, I'm just gonna go out there and give it a good old college try, uh, college thrust, if you will, um, but I know that there's gonna be a lot of good shooters, so I'm just excited, you know, again, I'm excited to still be competing right now, uh, I would like to hit hard, however, so my practice routine for right now which I would advise most of you guys are, if you're still shooting outdoors, would be to put in field rounds, whether it be a half field round or a full field round. Um, a full field round can take some time, but if you're by yourself, you should be able to breeze right through. And shoot for score. And be honest. Be, you know, be... What's the word? I guess just be honest. I, I know I have I know some people that will shoot a field round and be like, dude, I fucking cleaned it. And it's like, no, nah, come on, man. You know how rare it is to clean a field round? Like, I, I don't know. I guess if you're trying to, like, blow smoke up your own ass, that's fine. But the point of shooting that round for score is for you, okay? And you're going to shoot that field round, and you're going to, you're going to, well, at least what I would do is use that score as a benchmark. You're going to try to beat that score every time you go out. Um, you're also going to take note of where you miss. And maybe when you get time, you workshop that troubled target. For me, it's always the 80-yarder. And I know it's not the correct mindset to have, but I know at YOLO, that 80-yarder's got some wind on it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough one for me. It's gonna be low percentage. So that's gonna be something that I'm gonna have to workshop. It's the 80-yard shot. Again, field archery, much easier than safari in the respect that you don't have 100. You don't have a two or three yard novelty doodad. But field archery has its own really cool challenges where you, you got walk-ups, you got fans. A walk-up is where you shoot like a 45, one arrow at 45, then you walk up to 40, you shoot one arrow at 40. Then you walk up to 35, you shoot one arrow there, and then you walk up to 30. In the end, you got four arrows in the target. Should be four arrows in the target at any given time. Um, except for the animal round, which is where you shoot one arrow, and you're just trying to hit this like circular 
you're trying to hit a small dot inside of a larger circular dot. If you miss the larger circular dot, you can walk up and shoot it, shoot again. Um, that's going to be very interesting on this one. I haven't shot an animal round in fucking forever since I shot nationals, I think. In Mechanicsburg, that's where I was. Um, I haven't shot an animal round in a long time. The animal round, I can honestly say it's like just about anyone can hit the, the large circle. But the little black dot or white dot that's in the middle is kind of like the bonus point. And it reminds me of um, what you see in ASA archery where people are shooting up. You know, the end they'll be like, I shot 50 points up, you know. It's kind of like that for um, the animal round. I, I don't know the scoring. I'll, I'll uh, research it before then and, and give you guys the rundown on how it is. But that's, you know, that's the way to practice. Hunter field round. And if you can, get out and do the uh, the animal round. Uh, I've always been of the mindset of um, if you practice hard on the hunter and field round, the animal round will go okay with you. And for Mechanicsburg... I did not practice the animal round as much as I should have, and, you know, I was nervous, but I still shot it extremely well, so I don't think, um, you know, I'm not going to be one to tell you to go lax on your homework, but I think the, the large focus is going to be on the hunter and field round, because it's a grind, and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, ideally, if you shoot the animal round decent, you're only going to shoot 14 arrows, I think. Maybe 28 arrows? I don't know. <laughs> Shit, I should have not even said that. <laughs> but anyway. Alright, so there's that. A um, couple people messaged me why I sold my Matthews indoor bow. Come on, guys. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? I'm still shooting my Matthews, my black outdoor bow. That's all you gotta worry about. Alright? Uh, doesn't matter what bow people are shooting. It's all about putting the work in. Alright? Not, one bow's not going to give you an advantage over another. Alright? It's work. Time in. I've been proof to that in the past. My friends now are proof to that now. If you guys just... If you, you want to see it, look at look at Rudy. Rudy Sandoval's perfect example. Um, he's been practicing and goddamn it, it shows. Uh, but there's also examples of that not happening. <laughs> Brandon Williamson, perfect example. Well, maybe we'll pick up his bow a week before an event and he'll go shoot a stellar score. I can't explain it. My only, uh, my only, you know, like the only way I can explain it in my brain is that Brandon, Brandon knows what a bow should feel like and he's really good at punching shit in the middle. I'm not, I'm not a natural at anything. Everything I, I want to do good, I gotta practice. And I would imagine it goes that way for a lot of you guys too. So let's let's uh, let's keep it up. Let's practice. Um, one thing I'm going to try to do this next week. All right, I'm going to try to shoot uh, two. Uh, I'm going to try to shoot one full field round. All right, for score. Um, I'll share it with you guys next week, and you guys share it with me. Share on my Facebook page, the uh, Archery Unfiltered Facebook page, if you can beat that score. I know a lot of you can. But if you're looking for a benchmark to, to jump off of or something to sharpen yourself against, you know, remember iron sharpens iron. Uh, I think that'll be a fun one. I'll, I'll post up a score, an honest field round, 
and you guys have at it. Try to try to beat it. All right. I don't think we should forget about um, Safari because we still got Nevada City, but let's uh, let's start to sharpen up our field um, our field archery a little bit. All right. You guys in? Um, let's see. In other words, right, other things. I'm working on some stuff. All right, with my uh, with my safari slash field bow setup, uh, you know, I, after reading, I thought, you know, I better go back to what I know works or what has worked for me in the past. And what's worked for me the, in the past is shooting a little heavier weight, shooting a little less um, let off on the bow, uh, shooting a little more aggressive, shooting a hinge. So as much as I mean, I fucking love shooting a thumb button, but. I just gotta get back to my roots for a little bit, and uh, I think that goes, you know, that should go for anyone. Anytime you, you kind of find yourself in a stale spot, go back to the last known good setup. What was the last thing you knew worked good for you? Wise man told me that. He said, what worked good for you uh, when you were shooting nationals, all right? Well, aggressive setup, heavy weight, lots of repetitions, all right? So, I'm gonna try to put as much of that together as I can. So, uh, yeah, I uh, hope you guys all had a good week. I hope I didn't bore you too much with the, uh, the rule talk. I'm, you know, I'll try to keep this podcast par <laughs> and not let it dip to subpar, <laughs> okay? But um, for the most part, let's not forget what this show's about. The show's about us all getting better at archery, you know what I mean? What does that mean? Well, I'll fill you guys in when I pick up a tidbit here or there. But in the, right now, this time of the season, it's going to be practice. The best way I can, can share that is going to be, uh, you know, throwing up some scores, good or bad, and uh, seeing if you guys can push me or, or if I can push you guys. Same thing with your friends. If you got homies, you know, and you can get out for a day, you can get out on a Saturday, get some money going, throw five bucks on it, a burger, you know, maybe a beer, I don't know, but make it, make it a, a competition, because the more times you put your feet to the fire, um, when the day comes that it's time to compete, you're going to be ready for it, or you're going to be more ready for it than the guy who hasn't, so, I know, I, I don't need to tell you guys that, you know all this shit already, so, anyway, this episode of Archery Unfiltered brought to you guys by DB Custom Coatings. The Cerakoters out of Napa. Uh, I just sold <laughs> my Matthews that Darren busted his ass to Cerakote. Man, I feel like such a dummy for doing that. But you know what? Darren made that bow fucking beautiful. Um, he he Cerakoted at Battleship Gray. It was a really good looking bow. I was really looking forward to shooting it. But God damn it. The price of gas right now is six fifty a gallon, and I still have to pay rent, and I'm paying for you know the health insurance for two other people. So hold on, let me let these motorcycles go by. Gas ain't getting cheaper, people. That's all I'm saying. You know, inflation ain't going down. Uh, it's getting expensive to live around here. So. I had that bow sitting downstairs. I had this grandiose idea. I'd have an indoor bow and an outdoor bow. But man, it just, it's just a, every time I walk down there uh, to work on a project, it's just a big pile of money staring me in the face. So for now, I'm gonna utilize it. 
uh, and uh, we'll turn it into something later on. But I had pictures of it posted up on uh, Facebook. Beautiful bow, guys. Darren does amazing work. Um, if you guys see pictures of Austin Watts on Instagram, check him out. Uh, a what's up? A underscore what's up on uh, Instagram. Austin's got an American flag Invicta that he dominated Redding with. It's one thing to have a sick-looking bow. It's another thing to kick ass with a sick-looking bow. It just makes that bow look even cooler. So, Austin didn't disappoint. Him and that Invicta just stepped all over all those targets at Redding. It was awesome. Um, Carbon Craft Stabilizers is our other show sponsor. I have a set of demo bars now. I have my bars. I'm selling them bee stingers. Um, if any of you guys want to try them, let me know. If you guys find me in person, I'll let you try them right there on the spot. Uh, I always got them in my gear bag. It's uh, I have a 13, or I'm sorry, a 30 and a 15 inch bar. Uh, I find that 15 inch back bar really, really helps out. Um, I, I used to run a 10 inch back bar, and the 10 inch back bar is cool. I can dig it, but man. Maybe that's where I'll, maybe that, you know, I was kicking ass with that 10-inch back bar, but <laughs> I, I want, I'm getting way, way far off track. If you guys want to try them, meet me, uh, find me, just drop me a line, I'll let you use them. The bars speak for themselves. They are the shit. Um, and that's it, guys. So thanks for listening. I'll catch you all in Nevada City. Oh, and I, I have a partner for Nevada City. I'm actually partnering with Darren from DB Custom Coatings. Uh, so get ready because we're going to bring it, bitches. <laughs> All right. Peace.